It's been a couple of years since the National Memorial Arboretum left being a teenager behind. It was born in 2001 and I don't even think it's hit 21 yet. I've got to be honest though, I'd never heard of it before. Which is weird because we're a similar age and 20,000 young people learn about it every year. I guess I just wasn't one of them. I didn't even know what an arboretum was. So I did what all of us do when we have questions and I googled it. It's a botanical collection made up exclusively or largely of trees. That sort of makes sense because the arboretum's massive. I'm talking 150 acres. And there are over 25,000 trees there, alongside over 400 memorials. It's a peaceful place. And just to wander through trees and start to see the trees bursting into bloom and things like that, it's got to make you feel better, hasn't it? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I haven't even told you about the memorials yet. The National Lottery-funded charity is the nation's place for remembrance all year round. I don't know about you, but when I think of remembrance, I think of two minutes of silence, standing up straight and being really serious. It made me feel a bit nervous about going to the National Memorial Arboretum. I had no reason to be nervous because I knew I was going on a buggy tour. I wasn't allowed to drive the buggy though, which I was really disappointed about, but I got over it. I did try and you know what? I can't lie. The memorials I saw surprised me. As you'll have seen when we were out and about earlier, there's so many of them are works of art or sculpture and they capture the spirit of the story behind them. The Arboretum had a completely different take on remembrance than what I thought. The Arboretum adds new memorials every year and helps people to deal with grief and loss by remembering lives that have been lost while celebrating them. The National Memorial Arboretum is all about paying tribute to those in the armed forces and emergency service, but it goes much, much further than that. The Arboretum wants to make sure everyone is included when it comes to remembrance, including communities that might feel like remembrance isn't for them or about them. And that's really important because we are the nation's place to remember, and the nation includes all of the communities that call this nation home. Philippa Rawlinson, the managing director of the Arboretum, took me on a tour of where the new memorial woodland would be. Some people haven't gone for Wellies, so I haven't put mine on today either. She wore heels in the mud. Well, they're pretty robust heels. So I guess that's okay. I was wearing trainers though. The Arboretum is in the corner of the National Forest in Staffordshire. It was made in the middle of the country so that it would be easy to access for people across the UK. The National Memorial Arboretum's origin story started with just one person. We were founded by a chap called Commander David Charles who wanted to create somewhere where we could come together and remember those that had given their lives in service of our country. And particularly since the end of the Second World War, because the veterans or those that lost their lives in the First and Second World War were quite often remembered on their war memorials in their villages in their hometowns. Mm -hmm. But we continue to have people serving on our behalf and sadly many lose their lives. So he wanted to create somewhere and he created the Arboretum so that those that continue to serve and sacrifice could be remembered. 20 years later, we're here today with 150 acres and over 400 memorials. Each memorial is a symbol of the service and sacrifice and the stories of those people that go behind it. How does it connect to remembrance and helping people deal with grief and loss? 
The combination of the Arboretum and the memorials does that wonderfully. The memorials are all nestled amongst trees and trees have been here before us and will go on to be here in the future. There's something very grounding about trees and also the trees are growing and giving us hope. So if we've got the memorials that are talking about service and sacrifice and terrible things that have happened, we won't forget them because of the memorials and those people. But the trees say there's something beyond what's happening now. There will be a future. And I think it's a really lovely juxtaposition of those things. So these are white-stemmed Himalayan birches, these trees that are circling it, yeah. I think during the pandemic we started to make more of a connection or understand the relationship between nature, grief and our mental health, especially my mental health. So I think that someone at the Arboretum was quite ahead of their time. I think so. I think David Charles had a real vision. This was an old quarry. It was it was barren land and to have the vision to create what we have today and to realise its importance to people. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he was a real visionary. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I saw him in the summer. He's, he's still around. Philippa works with Chris Ansell. He's the head of participation and learning at the Arboretum. I've heard he was a good boy at school and didn't get into any trouble. Unlike me, I was very naughty. When it comes to remembrance, Chris is all about being inclusive. We've got 400 memorials out in the grounds and those memorials are to a huge range of diverse communities from all over the world. And those communities have really sacrificed for what we have today and they've served their country. So it's important that we do it for them and that we tell their stories. And it also means that there's something that people can connect to from all backgrounds. So you see a little bird over, just over the hedge yeah, there? Definitely. So that's a wren. So yeah. it's the wren's garden. And I love, you know, that, so it's just, that's their symbol. That's what we members turn. At the peak of the pandemic, the Arboretum, like a lot of places, had to shut its doors. Philippa was nine months into the job at the time. She was used to seeing 300,000 people pass through the Arboretum in a year, but that changed real quick. While the staff and volunteers were adapting on how to work with each other during the lockdown, they learned a couple of other things. We also learned that people still looked to us and wanted us to reflect service and loss during the pandemic. And I thought, how can you lead the people in remembering the hurt and the pain and the confusion we've been through? The fact that people came to us within weeks of the pandemic to say, how can you remember, how can we remember service and sacrifice in the pandemic was really quite humbling. The Arboretum reopened in June 2020. It became a bit of a lifeline for people during lockdown. In the same way a lot of our local parks did. It was also a lifeline for its volunteers. Over 200 volunteers helped to keep all of the plants trees and flowers at the Arboretum grown and healthy. They keep the memorials clean too. I actually cleaned one of the memorials with the grounds volunteers, Sue Gallagher and Malcolm Walsh. Sue's been volunteering at the Arboretum for four years and Malcolm's been there for a whole decade. The, the head. Just yeah. give him a, a clean down all the way. Malcolm's decided that he wants both of them to go on Geriatric Island, which is a slightly older, mature version of Love Island that we're just about to pitch to the ITV producers. Do you do your own cleaning, Amber? I do. Sometimes. Oh. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the cheeky bit, shall I? <laughs> yeah. 
They're all about having banter and keeping each other company whilst they're working. But that changed during the lockdowns. For me, because I'm on my own, my son is a firefighter. So I avoided being in, in his bubble. So I was quite isolated because we could only just sort of chat distance apart. When we were able to come back in the June, initially, they turned me down because I was that magic number, um, 70. I was being counted as being vulnerable and I'm not vulnerable. To me, I'm not. I'm active, um, get out there all the time. But at the end of June, they, they allowed me to work. Because it's um, old leaf, you mm -hmm. have, have to not rub it too hard. To be able to come back here in these lovely grounds with friends, it was it was absolutely amazing, you know, because it's just kept me going, really did, yeah. I always have. <laughs> I was quite lucky to come back at the, the, the beginning of June. The place was silent, silent. And we had foxes walking around in the daylight. We had pheasants making nests in the woods, which wouldn't normally happen. We had badgers on the site, we had otters in the river, and it really, really brought home the, the nature thing. I felt lucky because everybody else was penned up at home and had the opportunity to come here. And I came here probably more often during the pandemic because it was like a release and also gave me the opportunity to give a bit more back of what we already give to the people who sacrificed the lives for us. In a year of COVID-19, we lost twice the amount of lives than we did throughout the six years of the Second World War. People had started to get in touch with the Arboretum to ask how they would reflect the service of the key workers and remember those whose lives had been lost. In 2020, the Arboretum worked with the National Portrait Gallery on an exhibition called Hold Still. It showcased photographs of people's experiences of the pandemic. Mine would have been of me playing on the Xbox. That was all I did, all pandemic. I was in London by myself, you know, I nearly went crazy. So yeah, it would be me playing on the Xbox, which is quite a pleasant view of the pandemic. It wasn't all rosy, but that's what photo I would choose. For a gallery anyway. <laughs> that was the start of the Arboretum incorporating the pandemic into what they did. Chris decided to follow up Hold Still with a new project called Lockdown Landscapes. Through Lockdown Landscapes, we want to really understand the experience of communities across the nation through the pandemic, particularly to understand how communities in those moments of lockdown where you could only go on walks in your local area, how people engaged with their local parks, woodlands, green spaces, historic gardens, all those outdoor places that you could explore and, and you had to explore, you had to go and find new places. We want to understand how people connected with those, how those spaces supported them through the pandemic, helped their mental health and well-being, and also just to hear about what they did. We know that people went out and got married in their local park, which people just wouldn't have done before. So we're working with the National Forest Company and Westminster Abbey and ArtReach, which is an arts organisation in Leicester, and artists and going out into communities to collect their stories and also creating new artworks that will help to share these stories more widely. So the archives will be stored here at the Arboretum and those stories will be told on site. So it's a really exciting project being funded by the National Arts Heritage Fund and it will inform what we do here at the Arboretum, how remembrance can happen here. If we understand how communities want to remember, we can better accommodate that and inspire people to come here and remember. 
When people were contacting the Arboretum about how they were going to reflect the pandemic, Philippa had decided to create a living memorial to everyone who lost their lives during COVID-19. She wanted to represent key workers in the same way they represent war heroes. The thing is, there wasn't space for something like that to be created. In those moments of doubt, the Arboretum's neighbours, Tarmac, swooped in and gave them hope with an extra 25 acres of land on the site to create a new memorial woodland project. You can hear the bird life, can't you? <laughs> Loads of bird life, lots of regenerated scrub, lots of biodiversity. We are here to mark loss of life in service of our country. And so many people served our country during the pandemic, whether they be in the NHS or other care. People working in supermarkets were putting themselves in risk. People driving public transport. My sister's a teacher. She was putting herself at risk when she went back to schools. So many key workers that it was absolutely right that we would recognise their service. But also, we are here for comfort of the bereaved. And so many people lost loved ones in difficult circumstances. And so creating a space which reflected two of those things is absolutely within our charitable purpose. And given that Tarmac have given us the land and people are asking us, we'll be keen to work with those that want to come and place a memorial that tells their story. So whether it be people from the NHS or other groups of key workers, how do they want their story to be told and how can we work with them? So I think we're very much enablers so that what is here is owned by them and and resonates with them rather than what we might think. Authentic representation is big at the Arboretum. Everyone works hard to make sure that every story a memorial tells is personal. Is that all right, you think? Yeah, it's fine, yeah, it's good, yeah. Yeah, it's good. You use your wet cloth to wipe wipe on the rest of it. Back on Geriatric Island, Malcolm and Sue came across the Arboretum at different times in their lives. In 2012, the Olympic torch came here. So Johnson B. Harry, VC, he carried the Olympic torch here and we knew he was coming here. So my wife and I came over here to have a look what was going on. And, you know, we, we stood down by the front to watch Johnson B. Harry deliver the, the torch. After I'd witnessed all this size, I'd never seen it before. My wife had a question about her uncle who was lost after the war. And I said, what we'll do, we'll come back next week and we'll have a look around the site to see if we can find something out. So we went up to the Armed Forces Memorial, which you know now is in, in the centre, and we asked one of the volunteers, could they find us a Dennis Powell, who died in 1951, on board a submarine? They called the front desk and got the information we wanted. That sparked me off then to inspire me to think, I'd like to think a lot of volunteer here. And I asked this guy, is your volunteer? He said, yes, if you want to get yourself a form and fill it in, and you know, you can come in. That's what inspired me to start. I love that. That's amazing. What about you, Sue? Well, my husband was in the army and he came here on a regular basis for about five or six years before he passed away. And he was coming to meet up with the latest intake of the intelligence corps soldiers to tell them how it was when he was in, in the army. I used to come with him anyway, and once he passed away, I came back, had a tree and a plaque for him here, Mm -hmm. and so it was somewhere to come to. Six years ago, I had my knee replacement, and when I was getting better over that, I needed something to spread my wings, and um, basically, I came here to to volunteer. I work on grounds for four years now, and um, yeah, I enjoy every minute of it. I love that. And my pal. (laughs) 
during lockdown until recently there were notices on this to say not to actually touch the memorial. Yeah. You know, for, for obvious reasons. Yeah. I actually did a bit of volunteering at the Arboretum and I helped to clean the Sapa Memorial, commissioned by a charity called Sapa Support. They help servicemen and women who are affected by post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of things they've witnessed whilst on active service. The memorial is in a quiet place and is a statue of a person with their hand held out. It's got an inscription on it that encourages people to hold the statue's hand. It was designed to give people a place to reflect and remember those who left them after battling PTSD and other mental illnesses. I, I, I would just think it means various things to various people, depending on their mental state of mind. You know, and as Sue said, just by just holding his hand gives you the the feeling of this this person's almost lifelike almost. Yeah. Every memorial at the Arboretum has trees around it to help tell its story. Like the Beat, which is a living, growing memorial that has a tree for every police force in the country. The trees around it are a mix of horse chestnut trees, because back in the day, the first policemen, aka Bobbies, used to carry truncheons made of wood from the same tree. Then there's the UK Police Memorial, which was created with the help of the fathers of Greater Manchester PCs, Nicola Hughes and Fiona Bone. Nicola and Fiona were responding to a routine 999 call that turned out to be a hoax report of a burglary. When they got into the property, they were attacked and fatally injured. The UK Police Memorial has a giant bronze doorway that's slightly ajar to represent that the police never know what's behind the door when they're responding to a call. It's dedicated to Nicola, Fiona and all of the police officers and staff who've been killed in the line of duty. I honestly didn't expect to hear these kinds of stories or see them represented like this during my visit. Philip is used to seeing people be surprised about what they see at the Arboretum. People possibly have been to Commonwealth War Graves Commission site where memorials are very simple religious or non-religious symbols in graveyards. I don't know that people are expecting the variety of sculpture we have here, whether it be an eagle depicting RAF or as we were looking at the half-open door on the UK Police Memorial. Mm -hmm. I don't think people are expecting to have so much art around the site or the sheer wealth of memorials that we have. This is one of my favourite memorials. Mm -hmm. What's this one? This is um, Every Which Way. And it's to remember the evacuation of British children during yeah. the Second World War. Right. And if, if Chris can just stop the buggy, you just notice all the children are facing in different directions. The children didn't know what was happening in their world. You see the chap there, his head's turned around the wrong way. Their mm-hmm. world is spinning. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that the sculpture captures that look of confusion on the child's face. But they're all holding hands, they're all together. Mm-hmm. And we know that you know, they will come through it. We call this the children's wood, so we've got an adventure playground here as well oh, and, yeah, and yeah, things. Yeah, so, And it's by the river, so it's actually a really lovely spot. Yeah, it's gorgeous. The remembrance stories that I heard that day blew my mind. Every minute detail at the Arboretum has been well thought out. Whether it's the symbolism of the trees and flowers around the memorials that tell another layer of the story, or the volunteers helping people explore those stories even further. A lot of the trees are dedicated, and those dedicated trees are in an area of a memorial that means something to the person it's for. Remembrance is definitely the heart of the Arboretum, 
Remembrance is important because if we take that moment out of our busy, hurly-burly, hectic lives to just stop and think about what's happened before us Mm -hmm. and quite often doing it with other people, then you start having conversations and you realise you're not in your grief or your loss or your moment of confusion alone and you can start to build new thoughts and memories for the future. That stopping and remembering unites us. We can come together and it's really important. All our benches, all our plaques, all our trees. So, you know, we're we're 150 acres full of opportunities to just stop, remember and have a conversation or just a quiet moment by yourself. Sometimes, if you don't have a direct link to remembrance, it can feel like it's not for you. And Chris knows all about that. I think one of the biggest challenges is that people don't think remembrance is for them. They don't necessarily see themselves or their communities reflected in remembrance and how remembrance is done. But that is something that very quickly changes as soon as people get here. It's not stuffy and you don't have to be really quiet and it's not all about a two minute silence uh, and standing up straight. You know, remembrance can be that quiet moment, but actually it can be a joyous celebration. Remembrance can take many forms. So I think once people get here and realise that, then I think people feel much more comfortable. And then also with over 400 memorials, we're telling stories that everybody connects to. You can see yourselves reflected in that, whether it's through your work and your role that you do, whether it's a family history, you realise that actually service and the people that are remembered here do link to you and you can see yourselves connected. So once people feel a personal connection and everybody finds one here, there's so much here, I think it really changes that perception. It would be rude to let you hear Chris talk about everyone finding a personal connection without filling you in on the connections they've found themselves. Let's start with Malcolm. His connection came from his wife's side of the family with our uncle. He died on board a submarine which collided with a Swedish oil tanker in the Thames estuary. He'd come back from Japan, it had the submarine, the truculence it was called, and as a celebration of going back out just to do normal reconnaissance work, it collided with a munitions ship called the Divina, and my wife's uncle drowned in the submarine. From there, we've started searching Google to find out more and more and more. And we found so many things. We found out that in um, Rochester, they have a memorial every year for the the loss of these people on the submarine. The thing it's done is it's brought closure from my wife, you know, as to what happened to him. Because back in the day, a lot of old people, they just didn't tell you lots of stuff about what went on in the family. And the nice thing about this place now, the Arboretum, is that there's a new memorial being built soon for the submariners, which will mean a lot to my wife and especially to me, you know, and we'll be able to go there and put our little cross in that place as well now. Yeah, for myself, obviously, it's my husband's core memorial, which is tucked away in a little wood. There are red roses there, which are called Cognito. Unfortunately, we can't get them anymore. The um, nursery that grew them no longer exists. The tree, unfortunately, has died, but I've got a plaque there for my husband. And it's a spot where the family can all go. It's one of those focal points, so they can just come and have a sit down for half an hour or whatever. So, yeah, that's the one that's important for me. But also, I was in the WRAF when I met my husband. So the RAF, WRAF Memorial, which they've just built, is another focal point for me. 
Not all of the volunteers have a personal connection that led them to the Arboretum. But like Chris said, everyone finds one. Philip as one is through nature. At the moment, we've got lots of daffodils, and particularly daffodils by the benches by the water. Mm -hmm. And I guess the biggest loss in my life was losing my mum far too early, about 12 years ago. My mum always loved daffodils, and she always loved the river where we grew up. My sister and I have a bench, mum's bench by the river in, in Bedford where we grew up. And I don't get back there very often, certainly not in recent years. I take a moment on one of those benches and remember my mum. And I just find that really restful and that gives me that moment of, of remembrance. Occasionally a few tears, yeah. but also some smiles because she loved the water, she loved to be out and she loved cheerful yellow daffodils. Did you notice the daffodils in the new woodland yes. area as well? There were, weren't there? A few, a little, yeah. In that <laughs> sea, of, sea of mud, yeah, which I walked up. through, and they're still all <laughs> over my boots. Um, Excuse me if I get a bit emotional, but it's like Philippa's mum is giving the new project a blessing via the daffodils. I actually can't handle it. Chris found his personal connections a few months into the job. My great-gran was in the Women's Land Army and Timber Corps in the Second World War and actually spent all of her life then being a farmer. I was a teenager when she passed away, so I knew her really well. I'd heard her stories of being a land girl and how she would ride her bike to the local town every other Saturday and meet her friend who was also a land girl and that would be there one day not working. So to find out there was a memorial here that really commemorated her service and the service that her generation gave, then gave me that personal connection. But for a long time, I, I didn't have that, but you still find this place really meaningful and personal to you, even if you've not got that. I want to find my personal connection. I haven't yet, maybe on my next visit. While I was there, I obviously had to get the tea on Malcolm and Sue's experience of volunteering. I know they have a lot of fun and they love what they do. So I had to find out about the tasks they get given, the ones they love doing and the ones they don't love doing so much. We really enjoy the fact we get round the site more, talking to the guests and hearing all the stories what they tell us about. Because sometimes, especially Sue, will ask them if they've got any connection and what, what they're looking for. And they, they tell us these stories. And sometimes it's joyful, and sometimes it's quite heartbreaking to hear the, the reason why they're here. And the thing I hate doing <laughs> is something we've started doing recently. I mean, this is a wonderful task of picking up sticks in the woods. They're taking into account some of the woods have got 6,000 trees in them. When, when you're walking around after all those bad winds, picking up sticks, because we, we both got replacement knees, both of us. And um, we're picking up these sticks and we thought, oh my God, I hate this, I hate it. I loved a school trip when I was at school and I have no idea why I wasn't taken on a school trip to the Arboretum. My teachers need to give us some answers. I wonder what young people who come on trips to the Arboretum think of it. Kids are always excited about going on a school trip. You're on a coach, you're with your friends, it's a day outside of school. But I think when they first arrive, they're potentially a little bit nervous. They think it's going to be really sad and it's going to be a really quiet, sad day. But then actually when they get here, it's so uplifting and really welcoming. There are times that you want to be quiet and reflect and there's, there's places out in the grounds there where people can do that. But a lot of the Arboretum is really fun and joyous and there's stories that celebrate lives lived. One of our biggest things that we 
want to do here is to help them understand why that's relevant to their lives. Why do you need to remember and think about people who were passed away 100 years ago? We can tell the stories and actually say how that has shaped people's lives today and how it shapes the world that we live in. So I think when schools are out and having guided tours with some of our learning guides, they're inspired. I think I was probably a bit nervous going to the Arboretum because I associate remembrance with being silent and being sad. But I can say that it was actually a really fun day. I went for a long walk and read the plaques and checked out all the different memorials. We don't tell people how to do remembrance. We create a space, beautiful, growing, natural space where people can do it how they feel is really, really meaningful to them. And was the goal at the Arboretum always to have sort of a modern take on remembrance? I think so. I mean, we're only 20 years old, which means we've been able to respond to people's needs from the millennium onwards. And again, now, as we're thinking about our future, we're very much wanting to reflect how people want to remember today because we change and what yeah. we want changes and it changes very quickly. So while there's some common roots of needing to stop and reflect and take a moment, what enables us to do that or where we want to do that is very different. You can definitely take some time out to just be at the Arboretum. You can just hit pause on everything and that's helped people who are grieving. They can come and reflect. If they've got a specific memorial or names, they can come and just be quiet with them or just generally have a, a wander around. Even when there's a lot going on, it's still quite peaceful. It's about giving people a focal point to come to. Recently, we've had a lot in the press about Afghanistan and the withdrawal from Afghanistan. And one of the mothers who'd lost her son fighting over there was being interviewed. And she said, you know, the National Memorial Arboretum is so important to us because we know he will never be forgotten. So the fact that the names of all those have lost their lives in our armed forces mm -hmm. since the end of the Second World War while serving on our armed forces memorial. And as much as it might hurt to see the name, it's also important to see the name and to take a moment with the name or the memorial that's important. I feel like I'm getting a little bit emotional again, so I need to bring things back to Geriatric Island to lighten up the mood a little bit. What do you reckon, Amber? Looks good. Drink your mic a volunteer here. I, I would love to. Making sure he's nice and presentable for people. Nice. <laughs> And then now I just want to take on a bit of a lighter note. So I know you mentioned earlier about the, you want to be on Geriatric Island. <laughs> so obviously I've got connections with ITV. What should I tell the producers about you at ITV? What should I tell them? I'll pass the message on. Talk to the hand. <laughs> No, it's just, we just have fun, don't we? See, it's just hard to have it. What's the point in being a volunteer? Coming here because when you come here, there's some there's some things you think. Oh, that's, that's you're sidestepping the issue here. <laughs> and, and then there's there's sometimes we, we we start off talking about a subject, and then we banter then, and it leads into innuendo, and you know we we just have fun, you know we just enjoy it so much, and it just makes life that much nicer, doesn't it? And you go home. And, yeah. But geriatric love rather than forget it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so I, you didn't answer that. But that's fine, because I want to know, do volunteers ever find love at the Arboretum? Mm. No, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> one or two have, haven't they? I, I think, think one or two have, yes. Yeah. I think one or two have, yes. In actual fact, that is one thing... From the pandemic. From the pandemic. 
Somebody set up the um, team Facebook page between us as ground volunteers and the other volunteers that you see out in the square or in the, the remembrance centre, the, the grounds people who were able to stay working here. They started putting pictures on the Facebook page. And then once we were back, we were putting pictures on to say what we were doing and, and so on. And that actually has brought, brought you all together. Brought us to closer yes. together, it really has. Yeah, yeah. Come on. What's the tea on the love story? Who's found love? You said one or two. I want to know who. <laughs> what happened? I couldn't, couldn't specify, to be honest. <laughs> no, honestly. No, no we can't. No, no. No. Uh, no. No, 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 are they? <laughs> we think. I can confirm that when Malcolm said they're not here anymore, he didn't mean they died. They're still around. I imagine they're living happily ever after. And actually, I wouldn't tell my friends secrets either. So I love that Malcolm and Sue didn't spill theirs. And that's the tea. When I was reading up on the new memorial woodland, I came across the phrase, healing the land as we heal ourselves. It really spoke to me. I think it's something that sums up what the Arboretum does perfectly. We've got that new 25 acres to grow a memorial woodland. I think as we move out the pandemic, we're going to discover that we need to heal in ways that we didn't think. You know, we're all carrying on and we're excited that things are open. As we move away, we might find that actually there's moments where we look back on and think, I didn't really contemplate that. And I didn't really allow myself to feel the things that I needed to feel about that, whether it's people losing jobs or just, just being confined for so long. And this will be a place where people can come and take that moment or make new memories. Speaking of new memories, Malcolm's 10-year volunteering anniversary is coming up. He thinks he's going to have a tea cake party. And you know what? He hasn't invited me yet. So I'm guessing that invite just got lost in the post. 10 years is a long time, right? I don't think I'll ever stay in the same job for 10 years. I think 10 years, he just proves that if you've got the can-do attitude, you can do things like this with two replacement knees and a bad heart. I retired early because I had a heart attack. And if you've got that can-do attitude and come to a place like this and stay here for 10 years, it just shows you what it means to Malcolm's totally inspired us with his can-do attitude. I'm not feeling sorry for myself over anything again after hearing that. Nature plays a big part in Philippa's vision for the Memorial Woodland Project. I love the idea that the backdrop to the stories and the memorials that will get placed into this new landscape will have this ever-changing backdrop of woodland and water because the trees will be rustling and growing and the water will change colour and respond. And I think that will just be a really lovely, peaceful, inspiring space for people to be. She sees trees as a connection to the past, but also hope for the future. That's part of the reason why a Trees of Life service is going to be held at Westminster Abbey. Philip has been working with them and the National Forest Company on this. Philip wants to make sure that everyone is represented at the new Memorial Woodland, and the Trees of Life service is one way of doing that. During the service, the abbey will be decorated with some trees and those trees will be blessed during the service by all faith leaders from right across the Commonwealth. I think that it's about 26 religions will be represented and then those trees will come back here in the autumn and be planted at the Arboretum. We will have those trees that represent the breadth and diversity of faith, religion across our country coming together to be planted and to grow here. 
So that's the National Memorial Arboretum, a place where how we think about remembrance is ever-changing. Through remembrance and hope to remind us of a better tomorrow. A place that wants to give justice to those who lost their lives during the pandemic. And that's all thanks to the National Lottery players. Not the players that you might see on Geriatric Island, if that ever gets commissioned. They raise £30 million per week for good causes like the National Memorial Arboretum. And that's where Amazing starts. <laughs>